Good morning, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Obsidian Achievement. This is your host, Michael Russin. Thank you for joining me. Happy Monday. Happy Labor Day. On my way to the gym. Slept in a little bit today. It's 8 o'clock now. Um, I, got a re- I got a really good sleep last night. I mean, we were in bed by 9 o'clock. I think I slept pretty much 9 to almost 7 o'clock. So did Ada. <laughs> so, when you could, uh, when the babies, I don't know, maybe she woke up at some point last night. I don't know. I didn't hear. But, oh, let me give y'all some tips, all right, on baby sleep. I think uh, six months in, sleep train them, and it's hard. It's not hard in any sense of like, <clears throat> it took one day, two days maybe, to sleep train Ada. And uh, we just kind of decided to do it one day. So sleep training, basically, you just let them cry it out. And it's really difficult. So I was actually the first one to do it. And I was the one that was struggling the most with it. Like, Geneva's like, I think we should sleep train Ada. I'm like, man, I don't know. I'm like, we just got to let her cry. Like, her little cries break my heart. Like... My wife will look at me sometimes and I think she thinks I'm agitated. I'm not agitated at all. I'm like, I want to go grab her and solve her problem. You know what I mean? That's just, why are we doing 30 miles an hour here? Um, I want to just go grab her and solve her problems. You know what I mean? I don't want her to lay there and cry. It just does something to you differently. As like your your own child's cries <clears throat> get to that lizard part of your brain when you're a parent. Like before, when babies would cry, you could ask my mom, you ask my wife, ask. I just could not stand it. I'm like, take the damn kid out of the church service, take the damn kid out of the waiting area. You know what I mean? I'm like, take him out. You know, I didn't want anything, I didn't, wasn't wishing ill on the child, I just didn't want to hear it, right? I'm like, dude, this is a major inconvenience to everybody around you, right? And I'll still never let my child just cry in public and make everybody else suffer. I think that's super inconsiderate. But, I do. I really do. I'll never do that with Ada. At least I say that now. You know, you never know. But, it just activates a different part of your lizard brain. And uh, you just want to solve her problems. You want to go scoop her up and hold her in your her little head when her little head nuzzles in between my my like my chin and my neck and my shoulder. Her little soft, warm head and her little arms grab around my her little tiny arms try to grab around me. You know her big old dad. Um, it's just like it's the best feeling in the world. So my wife, I sent my wife to go get a massage by Andriana, who's a, who's a listener of the podcast, and she's one of the, if not the best, uh, massage therapists I've ever been to, and she, so my wife leaves, I think it was for 90 minutes or something like that, and it was like 1.30, and Ada had to nap, and you know, it's getting close, well, it was getting close to 1.30, which was her nap time, and she starts getting crankier, and crankier, and crankier, like, all right, I'm going to put her down for a nap. So, um, I put her down, I rocked her to sleep and I put her down and she started to cry. I'm like, all right, I'm going to do this. I'm like, if I can get over this, we'll be fine. So I left her, you know, and you got the monitor and you watch them. And, uh, 
boy, she cried for 37 minutes, and I watched the monitor the whole time. I went to her door three times and almost got her. Three times I almost broke. And finally, at the th I was texting my mom. I'm like, is this normal? My mom's like, yes, it's normal. I'm looking online. Everybody's saying you can let them go for up to an hour before you get them. And I'm like, all right, so 37 minutes, boom. I stuck it out and she went to sleep. So I, uh, I was thrilled. And she had a really good nap. And after that, at night, we just put her down and she cries for a little bit. Boom, she goes right to sleep. And most nights, every once in a while, she'll wake up and cry for maybe 20 minutes. Every once in a great while. But other than that, she's been sleeping through the entire night. So Geneva's sleeping again. You can see Geneva's moods have improved dramatically. You know, she was getting tired because she was up with her five, six times a night. Uh, and that wears on you. You know what I mean? And... You know, Geneva was great about doing it. She wanted to do it because she wanted me to be sharp during the day, you know, so I could get work done and get everything done around the house. You know, I do a lot of the shopping now. I do a lot of the cooking, and it's because I'm home. It'd be different if I worked at a factory nine hours a day, ten hours a day, you know, but I'm home, so why not do those things? So I've taken over what would traditionally be some of the mom's roles so that I could free Geneva up to be more hands-on with Ada. And what I've noticed is I think she's making developmental leaps and bounds uh, beyond her age uh, because we interact with her so frequently and because she does get one-on-one -on -one attention and two-on-one -on -one attention all day long, you know, from one of us or both of us at the same time. So um, the sleep training has been great. So last night, as far as I know, I think she slept eight to seven and we slept nine to seven. Uh, and I needed that sleep. And I know Geneva needed that sleep. I'm assuming she didn't get up last night. I, I didn't hear Geneva talking about it. Geneva seemed very well rested this morning. So I'm thinking she slept through the whole night. But anyways. Yeah, dude. I'm telling you. <laughs> I'm telling you, man. Uh, you want to sleep train your kids. I think six months is the age where you can start to do it. You don't want to leave a brand new baby just crying. You know what I mean? you got to go get them. But, uh. So there's some advice for you guys if you're currently have babies. It's tough, man. You got to get over that first cup, those first couple cries. But once you do it, you'll sleep. So you just got to man up, woman up, and just let them cry. You know, keep your eye on the monitor. Make sure. And this is, you know, you tell yourself they're fed and they're safe. They're fed and they're safe. And it, you kind of get in your own head like, well, they're looking for me. They're looking for me. Are they going to think differently? No. Every, the only, the, when I let Ada cry it out, for that one nap and we went and we got her when she woke up she had the biggest smile on her face she was you know smiling so hard her eyes were squinting shut you know what i mean she was she's totally fine so you just gotta you just gotta let it happen you just have to let it happen um and you'll sleep <laughs> so that's your, that's your lesson for today on sleep training. If you've got kids here, so save this. For those of you that want to have kids someday, there's a major tip for you. And uh, it'll improve your lives fivefold, if not more. So we talked the other day about good decision making. Uh, and I got a lot of good feedback on that podcast. Thank you for whoever lives in Pennsylvania yesterday. 
and listen to 148 of my 400 episodes. Either way, friend or foe, you're a loyal one. <laughs> that's a lot of that's a lot of Sunday listening. You figure these episodes are what? How many how many minutes of listening is that? You got to figure my average episode from it's got to be 15 minutes. 15 minutes times 140. I mean, I feel like that's got to be like somebody just listened to me like for seven, eight hours straight yesterday. So thank you to whoever you were uh, in PA. Maybe you just hit play and walked away and forgot about it on a device. I don't know. But uh, thank you. But it seemed like they skipped around. <clears throat> I love these bumper stickers that say, uh, tell your dog I said hi. Um, but back to the decision making. Um, I really do think, you know, if you remember what I told you about good decision making, you know, if I'm the manager of a $100 million account and I'm 5% more accurate, you know, if I'm 5% more accurate than somebody else on a $100 million account, you know, what is that? What is that, $5 million? Yeah, $5 million worth of accuracy. You know, if I'm 10%, that's $10 million worth of accuracy making Making accurate, wise, sound decisions is a skill that many people do not have. I look around and, you know, I, I was talking, I don't, know, I don't even know if I published this episode. I don't think I did, but <clears throat> it's so very easy now to be exceptional. It's so very easy now to be exceptional. You know, when I was, <clears throat> when we were coming home from New York Saturday, it was Labor Day weekend. It's Labor Day today, but it was just two days ago. You know, our 10-hour drive from New York back to Maine. You know, we stopped, I think, three rest stops, and everybody's overweight. Everybody's androgynous. Everybody is um, was impolite, unaware of their surroundings. People just stand in the way. People are very, they're, they're, they completely lack courtesy. Nobody makes eye contact. Everybody's very curt and rude. Um, and I just think now that more than ever, the quality of the average person is so much lower than what it used to be. I don't feel like it was this way 20 years ago. <clears throat> and I think it, uh, there's a lot that goes into it. Like if I were to dissect why our society now is as bad as it is, and why the average person is as pitiful as they are now, um, I would say, number one, it's a complete lack of God. It's a complete lack of God. Like, I look at my friends that are super Orthodox Christians, these men, and they're all in phenomenal shape. They all have high intellectual capacity. They are all driven, focused. They're all family men or aspiring family men. Um, they're well put together, well groomed. Um, they all have beards, but they're you know they they're we're all well well groomed. We're put together. They're courteous. They're polite. They have charisma. Um, I think that you know when you're when you think about representing yourself as a Christian. A lot of people, I mean, I'll just keep it real. I think a lot of people that LARP as Christians, and again, I don't want to misspeak and make God mad, but 
you know, there's a lot of guys that like go to church and they're just very physically weak, inferior looking men. You know, and I, I think that's kind of like, I would imagine that the disciples and apostles, they didn't lose, they didn't lift weights, but they were hard laborers. Um, and you had to think that there was just an air of power about these men. You know what I mean? You don't see that a lot in the modern Christian man. So I, th I think a lot of it just, you know, before I go down that tunnel, um, I think that there's just a lack of God. And obviously, it's not that I think. There is. By the way, Burning Man, um, which is just basically a giant drug orgy, just a giant drug-filled sex fest, they did some ceremony where they mocked like a uh, sacrificial, like a sacrifice at an altar, and uh, basically it rained in the middle of the desert, which uh, this rain was punctuated by a rainbow and effectively trapped 73,000 people in the mud. And now there's reports on the ground that there is an Ebola outbreak or some really bad infection going around and it's just you know God's not going to be mocked it's all of you listening to me that are living in open defiance of God and not doing things that you should be doing or doing things that you shouldn't be doing that's uh, going to catch up with you eventually it's going it's it's just a matter of time so I think it's very interesting that there was a, a flood punctuated by a rainbow and then a an Ebola outbreak it's almost reminiscent of what God did to Egypt with Pharaoh you know, I'm expecting next that there's going to be some kind of locust or gnat or frog invasion or something like that. You know what I mean? But anyway, society generally lacks God. You know, number two, I think that our public education system uh, breeds lower than average uh, worker bees, compliant uh, individuals. When you think about the way that public schools are just aesthetically they look like jails you know I, I can remember seeing a bunch of side-by-side -side pictures of the entryways uh, to jails and the entryways to schools and it just showed hey look at these public school entryways and you're like scrolling through the pictures and at the end of the slide so it's like half of these were jails I'm like dude what the shit? what in the world yeah dude public schools are basically many jails you know you look at the quality of the food that they feed the kids you know, you look at, you're, you're confined to a room, you might change classes, but, you know, I can remember at one point in our school, they played around with having all the students stay in one room, and the teachers rotate. So it's like, you don't even get to get up and move around in between classes, and that's how it is in some schools. It's, it's effectively a, a lower security jail cell. And then you look at the quality of the education that kids are getting now, and it's just so poor. It's so poor. I don't know how anybody goes on to be a public school teacher. I think it's it's just, I don't know how you do it. I don't know how you live with yourself every day. And I think that's why a lot of them have alcohol problems. Because you're underpaid and you know you're doing a crap job all day with these kids. And so I think number two is the public education system. Number three is the comfort that we're afforded as a society. You don't have to worry anymore so much most people don't have to worry about where their next meal's coming from. You don't have to worry about if you're going to be fed, clothed, housed, you know what I mean? And if you're down on the lock, on your lock, you know, Uncle Sam will pay for you to live. You know what I mean? It's not like you're out in the middle of the woods and you're going to starve for sure. The comfort that we're afforded as a society has just simply allowed everybody to completely deteriorate. 
you deteriorate in comfort. I hope you know that. That an overindulgence of comfort is always, always um, going to manifest itself as deterioration of your skill set, your intellect, your physical capacities, all of that. You are going to deteriorate. There's no way around it. I'm not saying that you can't partake in moments of comfort. I'm not saying that you can't experience comfort. But what I am saying is that comfort and overabundance of comfort uh, will cause you to deteriorate. So, and then lastly, those that are high achievers are mocked. Those that are high achievers are mocked. I can't tell you how many times somebody's made fun of me because of the motivational reels I put out on online. I can't tell you how many times I've been berated because of my physique. Yes, being in good shape, I've been berated for that. I've been called uh, a meathead and a roid rager and all this other stuff because I'm in phenomenal physical shape. It's the crabs in the bucket, all these nasty little soy boys and these whores, these little, little whores, little nasty women with no strong father or husband figures in their lives will try to drag you down to their level when they see you achieving. So when you, when you combine all of these things, you get a populace and then you have things like COVID and the, the, what the media pumps into people's heads and jobs that everybody hates to go to every day and just the cubicle lifestyle, the sedentary lifestyle. And you mix all of these things in a pot and what do you get? You get just slop. You get this big amalgamous mess of flesh. <laughs> these thoughtless, soulless creatures wandering around the planet, godless, fat, underachieving, lazy, and just go to a public rest stop on a holiday weekend. You're going to see it. Just sit there. Just sit there in a pod. I challenge you to do this. Sit somewhere in a highly populated area this weekend and just like kind of sit back and watch people. And like try to catalog how many people you see that seem exceptional or look exceptional. You know what I mean? Try to catalog how many people you see. I think you're going to find it's so like try to find people that are like in shape. Try to find people that are like in shape. You're going to find <laughs> just trying to find people that are in somewhat decent physical condition. Um there's hardly anybody there's hardly anybody well, let me correct this a little bit you know it's not hard to be except so I don't want to just sit here and complain about people I want to encourage you that hey listen you uh, it's not hard to be an exceptional person at all all right so that's today's episode I love you guys let's get it Peace.